Hey, Joe on Joe listeners, it's me, Joe Slepsky, and I'm back and you're back. This is the uh, the quarantine re-releases of our original tracks going back four years, and I hope you're enjoying these as much as I'm enjoying reliving them, warts and all. I, I, uh, I, I think you can easily hear where I'm finding myself and finding what the show turned out to be, so I'm really happy to share these with you guys. Again, we pulled these back from behind the Patreon wall, and I wanted to make them available to everybody during this time to share and give and listen and have fun, especially because G.I. Joe's back on YouTube now. So, yeah, so I appreciate that. And you guys uh, can always follow me at Joe on Joe Pod on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Let me know what you think of some of these early episodes, how terrible they are, or how funny they are, or how awful they are. And we're starting recording back up again, so reach out to me. Let me know, joeandjoepod at gmail.com. Let me know if you want to join me for an episode. I believe we're going to jump into G.I. Joe Extreme very, very soon. So without any further ado, here is the OG track from Joe on Joe four years ago. Enjoy. You are listening to the Joe on Joe podcast. The only podcast where Joe talks about Joe. And now, your host, Joe Slepsky. And welcome back to Joe on Joe. I'm your host, Joe Slepsky. And today, we are going to talk about the fourth episode of the G.I. Joe cartoon called Duel in the Devil's Cauldron. That sounds very ominous. And I think as we get into the show, you'll understand exactly what the Devil's Cauldron is and uh, why there's a duel. So the title is appropriate. And before we go any further, please follow me on Joe on Joe Pod at Twitter, on Facebook at Joe on Joe Pod, Instagram Joe on Joe Pod. Uh, and our email address is joeonjoepod at gmail.com. You can find me on the website at www.joeonjoe.com. Uh, the website is way under construction right now, so please don't be offended. And please subscribe on iTunes and tell all your Joe-loving friends. And now, without any further ado, we're going to hit roll on Duel in the Devil's Cauldron. And here we go into the episode. I'll remind everybody we're watching the fabulous Shout Factory box set. That's not an advertisement for it because I don't know if it's even still available. It's just bragging that I have the Foot Locker and you do not. Now, uh, some of the, so far on the show, we've highlighted. Oh, I just saw something awesome. So we just highlighted. Uh, who did we do? We did Snake Eyes. We did Destro. We did Duke. And uh, it's funny is in the edits, uh, I hear myself at one point referring to Duke as Hawk. I thought I could go back and fix that. And then I thought, no, I'm not going to do that because, you know, it's in the moment. It's podcast verite. Um, so today, of course, it's our turn to go Cobra. And we are going to focus on Cobra Commander today. Uh, but before we go any further, I have the Cobra Commander file card from his battle armor look, which was in uh, like 88 or something like that. And... Uh, it was just Super Bowl weekend as I record this. Yesterday was the Super Bowl, and who? Sure enough, who is on the back of the Cobra Commander uh, file card? But a um, little sticker that says "Get a free fridge action figure, William the Refrigerator Perry." And I'm from Chicago, so I was a huge '85 Bears fan, and I never noticed that on the back of the Cobra file card. It's one of the stickers to saying "Get a free free fridge action figure." I never bought. I never had the fridge figure. Uh, 
when it first came out. I got one years later at uh, Chicago Comic Con. I picked it up because like he was missing an arm or something. I have him somewhere in my in my boxes of stuff. I don't know that he's with my regular Joes, and uh, he's awesome. Way beat up, but here we go. So we just had our show recap. Basically, uh, at the end of last episode, all the Joes were knocked out by a poison gas that Cobra had set a trap for, and the only. Uh, the only, they were warned about it by Timber. So now Timber helps Cover Girl because Timber knows, speaking of Timber, there's my dog in the back. Just paused for a second there to um, get my dog Shirley Feeney uh, to be quiet because I think she was jealous because I was talking about Timber. So Timber is a very smart wolf. He knows that she, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. Let's rewind. And I, I normally don't rewind this, but this is fantastic. So in the animation... And I, I'm not, I'm not going to nitpick the animation because there's always going to be errors. In the animation, they draw a timber in front of the vamp, but he's also already riding shotgun in the vamp. That's awesome. So basically, either there's two timbers, maybe there's an alternate reality timber, or uh, timber is a master of uh, like illusion. So maybe, holy shit, I just. Timber is Zartan. This is our first appearance of Zartan, everybody. Our first appearance of Zartan. So now we go back to the main plot. The Joes were saved at the nick of time. Of course, no one's exhibiting any any signs of sickness or poison or anything. They're all they're all good again. And the the guy explains that they got uh, they got the third. Wait a minute, real quick. Gung Ho's uh, expressing love for a gun that is the exact standard issue as everyone else's gun. It'd be a little different if uh, they showed his uh, grenade launcher. Yeah, he had a grenade launcher. His faction figure did. It'd be a little different if he was like, "It's my favorite grenade launcher," but it didn't. So here we go. Snake Eyes just got masked. Oh, they destroyed your gun, gung ho. Uh, so they're explaining and recapping for the kids that they need one more element. Now they're gonna go to the Ring of Fire in South America in a volcano called the Devil's Cauldron. And they're saying 100,000 years ago, a meteorite hit the uh, hit the crater and it survived. Now, a couple things. One, how awesome would it be is if uh, that meteorite came from Cybertron 100,000 years ago when the uh, Autobots crash landed. What if this meteorite was part of Cybertron? How great would that be? Okay, they just got a secret message and the scrambler are, is one of those like picture scramble puzzles, like a puzzle, but like where they the pictures, they're all square pieces and you have to push and arrange them. And it's a scramble puzzle of Stalker. That's fantastic. That's like getting an email from your boss, but before you can open that email, he shows you a picture of your coworker Gladys, and you have to un- you have to solve a puzzle with Gladys's face in order to read his email. That just happened. So now we're seeing the video that is being broadcast and intercepted by Cobra. Here we go, Cobra Commander, who's going to be our sh- our show spotlight later, and he sees all these GI Joe vehicles flying. There's Sky Strikers in the air. There's troops marching. There's tanks and and stalkers basically saying gi joe gives up we quit because there's no way we can beat cobra and this awesomeness why's cobra commander always got to ruin a good dinner by the way 
And here we go, real quick. Destro's Destro's open chested look. He's real yellow. I don't understand. I'm not gonna back down from this. Old Hitler steel face. I think he was wearing like a yellow yellow undershirt. He was like Luke Cage. Now, as we all know, the GI Joes aren't gonna actually actually quit and actually surrender to Cobra. So maybe this is part of a plan. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But here's your first sign that it's not exactly kosher. In that video, there were so many Joe vehicles, like dozens and dozens and dozens of jets and tanks and troops. There ain't that many G.I. Joes. They're a small force of anti-terrorist dudes. That is, that is Hollywood CGI gone awry. Now, spotlight today, we're going to get into Cobra Commander, who here he is, very angry over dinner. And uh, he's about to pick on these slaves. So Cobra Commander, he's called the Enemy Leader. It's his code name, Enemy Leader. And again, we're looking at his file card, and, and we're referencing the uh, G.I. Joe Order of Battle miniseries. His file name, of course, is classified. I don't think they've ever really revealed it. Not that it matters. It's not going to be like, oh, it turns out it's Richard Nixon. Although, if it were Captain America, maybe it would. Uh, his primary military specialty is intelligence. Secondary military specialty is ordinance, experimental weaponry. I, okay, I get the ordinance part as far as like he's always wanting to do experimental tech and stuff. But I guess I don't understand how he has any kind of military specialty at all. Because he's, yes, he's the Cobra commander. But we all know that he's just kind of a used car salesman. And he kind of rose to power and brought some, I don't know, anyway. The, obviously, this is all written before. Hama gave him that background, but birthplace classified, and his grade is commander in chief. And here we go on the show. It's just revealed that the whole video was a series of toys that G.I. Joe Hollywooded up to fool Cobra. How great is that? Snake Eyes, uh, or Snake, Snake Eyes, Stalker is very worried about uh, his acting, but I do want to go back in time and see him as a pumpkin in the Thanksgiving show. That would be freaking great. So let's see. Cobra Commander, he quote, here we go, absolute power, total control of the world, its people, wealth, and resources. That's the objective of Cobra Commander. This fanatical invader rules with an iron fist. He demands total loyalty and allegiance. His main battle plan for world control relies on revolution and chaos. He personally led uprisings in the Middle East, Southeast Asia, and other trouble spots. Responsible for kidnapping scientists, businessmen, military leaders, then forcing them to reveal their top secrets. Okay. I don't think the Cobra Commander that we get led uprisings in Middle East and Southeast Asia and all, all that other stuff. I don't feel like that's really the Cobra Commander that we get in either the cartoon or in, in the comic book. But I'll I'll let it slide. So back to the show. We've got uh, all these dragonflies hanging over this one meteorite, which is in the middle of the uh, volcano, and they 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 all drop a bunch of magnets on it, and they're going to lift this meteorite out of the uh, out of the uh, volcano. So this leads me to the next question. The first element was that radioactive isotope which was found in the arctic that snake eyes had to you know expose himself to crippling levels of you know leukemia uh in order to get 
so there's a cave with a bunch of crystals. So I can see Cobra going up there and uh, harvesting all these crystals. And they get, you know, they get a bunch of them. And then they're like, all right, we got to go. We got enough. Let's go. And here we go in a break. We'll be right back with Joe on Joe. Now, back to G.I. Joe. So as I was saying, when Cobra goes to the Arctic, they get the, they get the, uh, they harvest as many of those gems as they can, and they're like, all right, we got enough, let's roll. When they probably first went underwater to the heavy water stuff where they fought those uh, snakes last episodes, they probably, again, same thing, they went down there, they're like, all right, we got enough heavy water, all right, we're good, let's, uh, let's head back, and, uh, you know, if we have to come back here, uh, we'll run into some trouble. This is a one-of-a-kind meteorite. One time, one meteor landed in the middle of a volcano. How did Cobra harvest this meteor if they did not, at first, remove the meteor from the volcano? It's impossible. They wouldn't have done it. They would not have been able to get any of that uh, isotope that they needed from the meteor that was in the volcano. Which leads me to my original theory. That meteor is from Cybertron. And I think that's the second meteor that Cobra got. I think Cobra got the first meteor from where the Ark landed in Transformers. Now we know that the two worlds crossed over. Okay? Because everybody knows in that episode of Transformers where there's the dude called Old Snake and he goes, you know, I used to be, you know, whatever. And it's Cobra Commander. So we know that they're in the same universe. Also, uh, there's the daughter of uh, Flint and Lady J is one of the is one of the uh, military soldiers in uh, one of the Transformers episodes. So... And we're not even, you know, getting into the comic book crossovers. J. Joe and Transformers are crossing over for a long time. So within the comic book, the cartoon world, within the cartoon world, we have proof that they are in the same universe. Absolutely in the same universe. I think Cobra got their original from uh, the uh, the Ark, where the Ark landed. That's where I think they found the original meteorite. Possibly being responsible for the awakening, the eventual awakening, because Transformers is in the future from J. Joe. Uh, the eventual awakening of the Transformers. Boom. I just blew your mind, Internet. If you hear this and you're a Joe and Transformers fan, I want you to spread the word because this is a theory I don't think anyone's ever put out there. And I want to believe it. So let's spread the word. Uh, why don't you hashtag, hashtag Joe Formers, J-O-E-F-O-R-M-E-R-S. Do hashtag Joe Formers and let's talk about this controversial theory that the very fourth episode of G.I. Joe was actually episode one of the Transformers. So here we are, uh, back to the action. Uh, we see the airplanes that uh, Cobra's flying, and they're they're cutting into the uh, volcano because I think their plan is to create a volcanic eruption. Airborne just filled it in for us. When the crater wall breaks, the whole thing's going to erupt and cause a major problem for G.I. Joe. So that's what Cobra's doing. So if you notice, Cobra's flying. Basically, they're flying the Rattlers. Um, but the Rattlers weren't toys yet. They were. Um, they came with the second wave. So I, I wonder, and you know, if anyone out there is listening can let us know, I wondered if the Rattlers were like a prototype toy, and this is they just they weren't finished yet because they're, they're flying A-10 Warthogs. 
VTOL, vertical takeoff and landings. But like if you look closely on these on the the cartoon version of them, like there's no back fins. There's no like it's not it wouldn't work as a functional aircraft. So it makes me think it was way done by by animators. Um whereas the toys, you know, tried to keep their best, especially back then, to be actual military uh you know, jets, sky strikers, F fourteens, things like that. So yeah, so it's kind of cool. So it's like an early Rattler prototype, even though like A ten Warthogs had been being in uh, used since uh, Vietnam, and you know been around tank smashes forever. So now we see the big plan is Cobra's going to blow up the mountain and launch the meteorite into the air and catch it with their shield like helicarrier, um, which is pretty fantastic and. Um, Kind of ballsy, kind of bold, you know. So here we go. Another GI Joe does fire really well. I think that uh, I don't know whatever effect is that uh, makes that bright. I don't know. No, I don't know anything about animation, but like that that bright, like blinding, like phosphorus look. Um, look just looks so good. Looks so good on uh, in the cartoon. So here we go. Now Hawk just said, or I'm sorry, Duke. I keep doing it again. Duke just said, let's shoot shoestring, shoestring catch. And then he and Ace pull up in Sky Strikers with nets caught between them. How in the Christ did Duke and Ace get a net to connect between their two F-14s? I don't know. I could li- I could get, like, I can wrap my head around the helicarrier having some kind of giant net on the front. And that's a silly plan, but I can, I can wrap my head around it. But, like, these two F-14s all of a sudden have a net. It's so fantastic. It's it's uh it's like it's like a it's a bond thing. It's like Q giving him giving Bond a uh, anti avalanche uh, sh- uh jacket, and then all of a sudden knowing that okay you're going to be an avalanche later on in the movie. They're like hey, what do you say we hook some nets up to our planes that can connect in midair at at, at Mach four? Gi Joe will return after these messages. Now, back with G.I. Joe. Back with Joe on Joe. So now we've got G.I. Joe uh, attacking the um, helicarrier. We're just calling it the helicarrier because why not? Sue me, Marvel. And it's an awesome fight. You get everybody. This is this is basically the fight from the opening of the... Um, uh, it's kind of like the fight from the opening of the movie where that big helicarrier is attacking the uh, Statue of Liberty and all this stuff. And, and it just showcases everybody. It's such a great scene. Um finishing up on Cobra Commander the quote from his file card is Cobra Commander is hatred and evil personified corrupt a man without scruples probably the most dangerous man alive Cobra Commander might be Donald Trump too political non-political enough I don't know now fast forward a couple years to the Cobra Commander battle card the uh, battle armor file card and uh What's funny is they completely, by this point, they've dropped all pretense of his military specialty or anything. And this is the battle armor that made him look like um, like he was like an uh, undersea aqua diver, um, like silver, the silver and blue battle fight armor. And here we go. Cobra Commander likes to be up front in the thick of the action when his vipers, eels, and CGs confront the G.I. Joe team. 
to protect their leader in the heat of the battle. The best technical minds of Destro's Armament Factory created a special suit of body armor that combined flexible bulletproof polymer fabrics with beryllium steel plate components. The entire suit is air-conditioned. That's good, because we don't want them to smell funky. Solvent-resistant and ray-shielded. The helmet is fitted with an integral commo system, internal readouts for environmental quality, and a miniaturized computer display. Before we go any further, I'd like to take uh, umbrage with the phrase, Cobra Commander likes to be up front in the thick of the action. No one yells retreat more than Cobra Commander. Uh, Not even uh, someone who's really fond of going away on a camping excursion for the weekend. No one says the word retreat more than Cobra Commander. Uh, And the uh, the, uh, quote on this one is... uh, Quote, at least we don't have to worry about Cobra outfitting whole units with these suits. Each one costs about as much as a jet fighter. The plate parts can withstand a direct hit from heavy machine gun, and the flexible parts will stop anything up to a 357 Magnum. We suspect that the helmet has an anti-tamper device with a direct hookup to a half pound of plastic explosive. Now, a couple things there. One, I want to know who's saying this. I just always want to know. I want these quotes attributed to somebody. Two, a half pound of plastic explosive just sitting on his neck where, according to the front of this, is he's going to be up front and in the thick of the action. And yet, he's comfortable running around with a half pound, a half pound of plastic explosive which might get hit by an errant shot. There's a lot of lasers flying around. He's not worried about getting hit by a laser because it can, quote, withstand a direct hit from a heavy machine gun and and up uh, the flexible parts up to a 357 Magnum. So he doesn't care about getting shot at, and yet he's got a half pound of plastic explosive that's going to take his head off if you try to get up, take a look under the uh, take a look under the hood. I want to say this was put together before they uh, had the idea of tasers. And uh, nobody saw uh, a Batman movie where when you try to lift it up, you get shocked, and then that's it. I don't think it's a good idea to be putting explosives around your neck. So back to the show. G.I. Joe got the meteorite, but Destro made off with a bunch of meteorite fragments. And more importantly, he made off with Scarlet. Kidnapped Scarlet, who, by the way, can I comment on the fact that Scarlet always looks like the character from Dreadstar? We're gonna we'll we'll talk about that more when we spotlight her, but uh, Destro's flying away with a uh, not since Avengers: Age of Ultron has there been less of a reason to kidnap the enemy uh, than when Black Widow got kidnapped by Ultron. So she just shot the controls, and Destro just told the viewers that they're going to die because the controls are dead and they're crashing into a mountain. And we go to commercial break. And more than commercial break, we're going to have to wait till next week. What? Get a little preview. And the first thing they show you, Scarlet's alive. I never understand that. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Before we go, is there anything else about Cobra Commander I'm going to get into? Some of the comics uh, where they where they dug into like his past, like with his son Billy. And uh, we'll 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 do more on him later. We'll do another Cobra because there's a lot to talk about with Cobra Commander. A lot more than just reading off his file card. I do think one of the more fascinating changes was when uh, IDW basically made Cobra Commander a title and not a person. So they they killed him off in some of the early comics and, and yeah. So he is a uh, 
fascinating guy. I think a lot of people underestimate him because he retreats so much and because he's kind of a buffoon and always screaming. But he, um, let's put it this way, he put this he put this operation together and he holds it down. Like he's got it on lockdown. So that's all for Joe on Joe. And uh, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Visit us on social media. And most importantly, now you Joe and Joeing is half the battle. <laughs>